Welcome to The Real Spiel with Ryan and Kurt. Let's talk about the China story and commodities. We've seen diversified commodities up 25% year-to-date and have been strong since their April 2020 pandemic lows. Other financial assets did recover from their pandemic lows, but have since corrected. The big story of commodity prices has been the China story over the past couple decades, you know, commodity correlations to to China's GDP. Uh, But it's not the entire picture. And, And what I want to talk about is you know, the rest of of the story of commodities and, and what, what has happened in the commodity markets over the past couple of years. And not to downplay China, they are the second largest economy in the world, 19% of the world's population, roughly 15% of global GDP. And they're also humongous consumers uh, of, of commodities, over half of the consumption of coal, copper, steel, nickel, uh, and nearly half uh, of the pork and aluminum uh, consumption. Uh, with that, Their population growth has slowed, their GDP has leveled off, and in the face of those factors, commodities have done well. So it's becoming more and more clear that commodity prices are not just about China. What else do we need to keep an eye on, Kurt? Yeah, hey, Ryan. Um, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think China's importance to support for commodity prices over the prior two decades is kind of hard to, to overstate. I mean, they were expanding their economy from what used to be classified as an emerging market into what is now the world's second largest economy. And they did this by huge construction efforts with roads, railways, building cities of millions of people from scratch. And that was um, creating a huge demand for concrete, for copper, for aluminum, for steel, um, and energy as well. Um, But I think that because commodities are something that's relatively new in the investment world, um, you know, commodities probably didn't really appear in portfolios until maybe 15 to 20 years ago. Um, I think that, that the China story has synced very, very closely with investors experience. Um, that, um, is it, how is it possible that, commodities can continue to grow and expand without that engine of growth that China supported. But the reality is, I guess, a couple things. One, as you pointed out, China has slowed in the last, say, 18 months, and yet we've seen diversified commodities go up roughly 100% in the last, uh, say, two and a half years. Um, And in this year, in 22, we've seen stocks and bonds both decline while diversified commodities are up as you had said, roughly 25%. That sort of dichotomy in returns is extraordinary. And it can't be a China story if, if that's only what's supporting this return generation. It has to be something else going on. The other thing I would point to is just something that we've talked about before, that commodities have been around for you know centuries. As futures, they've been around for roughly 150 years. So going all the way back to the 1870s in the U.S., um, if you look at commodity returns, diversified commodity returns from from exchange traded futures markets, um, they did very well from the 1870s, 1880s, all the way up to the 1960s. How is that possible that you could have a century of returns from commodities that are comparable to equities or other financial assets when China was not any part of the story for those multiple decades? Um, I think there's investing themes. 
that are present, whether, you know, in equities, it might be industrial growth, it might be biotech, it might be internet technology stocks. There's different themes that can drive returns and sector outperformance. Healthcare, for example. I think within commodities, there are different things that drive the expansion, whether it's a, you know, a wartime effort, uh, an OPEC embargo, um, other events that, um, that can lead to new demand. Right now, what we're dealing with is a transformation towards renewable energy and electric vehicles. Demand in China for those raw materials to support that growth is going to be very strong. China is maybe more aggressively than any other country, developed country, moving towards a fully renewable transportation fleet. Um, they have a commitment to do that inside 100% in less than 10 years. Um, so that's going to be demand for aluminum, demand for, um, to some extent, steel, a large demand for copper, and then other kind of industrial metals that might not trade in futures markets, but lithium, cobalt, Nickel is an example of a key metal that's used in battery technology. All of that demand is going to be strong, um, even with, um, say, less you know, traditional industrial growth that we saw from China in the prior 20 years. And I think there's other economies, um, countries in Africa, it could be India, that are going to, they still have a lot of, of growth potential. And you're going to see expansion um, of their local economies, demand for these raw materials that will continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And another point uh, about commodity prices as well would be the U.S. dollar strength. U.S. dollar versus commodity prices, of course, an inverse relationship. Uh, dollar priced exports of American produced commodities are less competitive on the world stage and prices must come down or fall to match the effective price of global competitors. The U.S. dollar index is up over 15 percent year to date, while commodities are also up 25 percent year to date. Do you see that as a tailwind for commodities going forward? I think I do. And I think I, the, the traditional wisdom is that because commodities are all typically priced on a global stage in dollars, if the dollar gets stronger, then you would anticipate that the price of commodities would, all things being equal, go down um, and converse, vice versa. Um, that said, I think the, the source of dollar strength makes sense. Um, we have a Slowly weaker global economy, more concerns about stability of income, stability of assets. Dollar has always been a reserve currency. Treasuries and U.S. markets have always been uh, places of refuge for investors. Um, and we're hiking rates. So the Fed itself is creating a stronger dollar by paying more and more um, and causing banks to pay more and more for dollar reserves. Um, uh I think we're playing a little bit of catch up here. We've talked about this before that the Fed maybe has even longer to go. Markets are going to anticipate that. Um, and that could be a, a tailwind for dollar strength. That said, um, just like the China story can't be the entire story to commodities, I don't think the dollar story is, is either. Um, while we've seen China D GDP weaken and we've seen the dollar strengthen, we've seen continued robust uh, returns coming from diversified commodities. So there's something else underlying that uh, that's happening in markets. I think it has to do with the basic supply demand role that commodities play. We're seeing continued demand for uh, raw materials in energy, um, record prices in certain 
areas of the world, like in Europe, as they are dealing with constrained supplies coming out of Russia and traditional sources that they've used for for decades. Um, There's a whole transition undergoing the economy in Europe about how they're going to power their factories, their homes uh, over the next winter and over the next decade. Um, I think uh, we're seeing global robust demand for uh, certain industrial metals to support this renewable energy, uh, electric vehicle transformation, um, even legislative support. For example, the Inflation Reduction Act has been signed into law, I think, since the last time that we talked earlier before the summer. Um, that's hundreds of billions of dollars that's going to be spent. And it's committed dollars. I, I can tell you this. If the government, if, if Congress passes a law and the president signs it that we're going to spend this money, they will spend it. Um, they will find a way. So that's going to create, you know, organic, robust demand for these raw materials. And I think it, it goes to some length beyond the traditional kind of common China story that we've gotten used to over the last 10, 20 years. And I think it also means that you can have a strong dollar, uh, while you're seeing robust returns generated from commodity markets. Absolutely. And this has been The Real Spiel with Ryan and Kurt. We'd love to hear your questions, feedback, hear about topics of interest. Please reach out to us at therealspiel at uscfinvestments.com and like and subscribe. We will talk to you next week.